Welcome to the Truckers Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Things. All right, man. It is episode seven zero. We reached another milestone. Mm-hmm. Seventy episodes, man. That's quite some time. That's only thirty away from one hundred. We got past sixty nine, and we switched positions. I don't know what a seventy is. <laughs> That's like a finger in the butt or something at the same time. <laughs> I don't know either. Oh, my God. That's a 57. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. It's moving on. Um, Very unfortunate news. Uh, NBA uh, uh, Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer now, correct? Who? Not yet. uh, Kevin Garnett. Oh, not yet. Not yet, but he is. Um, NBA legend uh, Kevin Garnett. He basically was taken to court by his ex-wife. And the court ordered him to pay $100,000 a month. And that's with spousal support and child support together. Like, and it, to me, it's just, it's um, a representation of what this system is. And also, if you become uh, a public figure or professional athlete, you got to be careful what kind of women you deal with. That, like, it's crazy. His ex-wife is getting paid in a month more than what I make in a year. Like, mm-hmm. I make pretty good money, but I don't make 100K a year. Mm-hmm. So, God damn. Like, you, that's, I mean, do you need $100,000? That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous, dude. You're paying for a lifestyle at that point. Like, he's, she's getting a free fucking ride. That ain't right. And, and this ain't the only, like, this happens all the time, dude. You know, and it, it's not right. Mm-hmm. That's my. Yeah, um, I agree. I think that. It's it shows the bias in the system. Yeah. To where um we always try to preach equal rights and um uh-huh. and uh equal opportunity and you know, we want everyone to be paid as much as, you know, the next gender or whatever role, but you know, then something like this comes up and then you realize like, you know, all that equality is basically out the door. And then um I think uh, just the fact that, God dang, this nigga phone is, you'd be the main one preaching about uh, turning your phone off. And, yeah, I didn't have it on fucking airplane mode, man. Yeah, this nigga getting blown up, getting nudes and whatnot. Yes. Kevin Garnett, ex-wife, probably hitting him up. No. All right. Go ahead. And um, I forgot what I was going to say. But basically, this whole, this just debunks this whole like equality that everyone is striving for. I think that's the most annoying thing to me, that it's always the man that has to pay spousal support. Not always, but for the most part, it's, um, you know, the majority of the time, it's the man that has to pay the child support. Yeah. Because, you know, generally the man, like, she's not in the she's not in the NBA. She's just the wife or an ex-wife of an NBA player. So it's probably difficult for her to ever make that the same amount of money as Kevin Hart. I mean, Kevin Hart, <laughs> Kevin Garnett would uh would have made in his whole nba career so yeah you you're paying for a lifestyle that's mm-hmm. what you're paying for mm-hmm. I, I think that just as men in general can learn from this like you 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 just you have to be careful you have to be cognizant of what kind of woman you're investing in because a woman is an investment you know what i'm saying a lot of men don't realize that they just take the condom off and they just fucking the pussy raw like oh yeah <laughs> this feel bomb like yeah co- condomless sex feels great but you know what doesn't feel great child support you know what doesn't feel great having to deal with this bitter-ass woman the rest of your life. That's what you don't want, man. Yeah. I don't know the, the details. I would have to read the court documents. But right. I they they were saying that Kevin Garnett 
had a prenup. Oh wow! And I guess somehow um, he still has to pay spousal support. Yeah, because they factor in how much, basically, the lifestyle, what she buys, what she drives, what she does, and he has to pay that. I guess I don't know who initiated the divorce. Maybe it was her. I don't know. But that's a lot of fucking money to be forking out. A hundred thousand a month. Like he's not playing basketball anymore. I'm not saying he can't afford it, but eventually he will not be able to. That's a yeah. It's ridiculous. I don't know what is what his um bank account look like, but that's a lot of money. That's too much. That's that's too fucking much, man. Yeah. It, it, man. And you know what's crazy is I say out of most married people that I see, at least seventy five percent of them should be fucking divorced. Mm-hmm. That just nobody's happy, man. And then, and it's kind of ironic that they got a divorce after he stopped playing basketball. He's only been out of the NBA like two seasons. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now that he's not on the road all the time and shit, and you got to deal with this guy all the time, now you divorce. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what went into it, but goddamn, man, that's ridiculous. That's what makes me really scared about marriage. Yeah, you know? I'm not rich, so I don't yeah. have that concern. Yeah, so it'll be like, Eddie, um, I want 75000 a month. I'll be like, shit, you better find somebody else. <laughs> I'll just, I will turn right to the judge and say, look, just take me to jail. <laughs> I'm not paying this. That would be a, a, like a strange twist of events. This is the most. you e- just rather go to jail instead of paying her? Yeah, this is the most expensive pussy I ever got in my life. <laughs> Should have wore a condom. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> moving forward, <clears throat> switching gears. Uh, people lying in their Instagram bios. Uh, Keith was telling me about this. Like, basically, people who have, like, these uh, public figure pages or whatever the case. And they'll put, like, actor or cinematographer or whatever in the bio. But it's just a chick with her tits out <laughs> in every fucking photo. And you're like, what the fuck? What do you do? Mm-hmm. You know, or to be a, a dude that's kind of, like, just taking pictures of naked chicks all the time. And he says he's a photographer. Mm-hmm. You know, d- he's just doing really, like, creepy stuff there's a lot of photographers that do that that's not my gripe my gripe is the yeah. people that have something in their bio that they don't actually do right like someone would be entrepreneur and they just work at mcdonald's <laughs> or <laughs> there's girls that claim to be models people that claim to be actors and comedians and all this and they've literally never done any of these things before yeah so i'm just like what what are you doing with, with your life like just be honest with yourself, you know. True. It's it's just a failed attempt at trying to make yourself look more appealing. Yeah. And uh, people come to your page and like, oh, fuck, a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Why does he have on uh, O'Reilly's T-shirt? <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, I I have, I don't even know what my bio says, but. Um, yeah, his bio says, uh, chocolate man, <laughs> uh, single, looking, <laughs> looking to mingle. DJ wrote me a message earlier. What is uh, I'm going to read it. I'm opening a snack, folks. I'm sorry. Just so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this episode is sponsored by snacks. This episode is sponsored by Kind Healthy Grains, Oats and Honey and Toasted Coconut. What a great taste. While Keith is looking up on his phone here, let's go ahead and uh, get a message from our sponsors. Uh, <laughs> kind Healthy Bars, gluten-free, no genetically engineered ingredients, five super grains, oat, millet, buckwheat, armoureth, and quinoa. Ingredients armoureth you can sound see- like a metal. Hey, well, I mean, it's natural, man. Armoureth uh, and uh, quinoa. Ingredients you can see and pronounce. I don't know about that word, though. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't pronounce that very good. Mm-hmm. But Kind Bar, you guys are great. And uh, I hope you sponsor me because your bars taste great and I need the money. Um, <laughs> now, what was that, Keith? 
Yeah, so DJ messaged me earlier randomly. Mm-hmm. He was like, your new bio should read. One half of a Trucker's Mind podcast, one third of Finesse Entertainment, and one whole real nigga. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And then he said, follow your boy. I may not follow back because I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> I was like, that's comedy. Oh, DJ's a fool, man. I love that guy. All yeah. right, man. Yeah. I got I to gotta tell a story, though, man. Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't want to put DJ on front street, but this, <laughs> this, this is hilarious. I think you know what I'm getting at. Uh, we were headed out of town. <laughs> we were headed out of town, and uh, we we went ahead and we were all going to the same place. So I went and, and swooped up DJ, stopped by his place. Um, you know, he's walking out. I guess he's walking. He's walk. I think he's walking with his girlfriend down uh, down I was the stairs. Going to the comedy store. Huh? Yeah, we went to the comedy store that day, and uh, you know they part ways. He walks to my car. He gets in the back seat. And I was like, hey, what's up, man? What's popping? Like, I seen him with his fresh J's. And I was like, man, them J's is fresh. He's like, oh, thanks, man. Mm-hmm. So literally probably about, and it was like a little delay. It's probably about 15 seconds. You just start smelling like a really bad egg smell. Like <laughs> like a bad, like real bad smell. Yeah. And I was like, yo, what the fuck is that? I'm like, damn, Keith. And then uh, we, I was like, he's like, I didn't do that. And I looked back there and then DJ just had this look on his face like, huh? Yeah, like yeah. this. this we is- asked him. Did first? This is the way it really happened. We we was like, "Dang, nigga, did you fart in here?" And then that's when he said no. <laughs> and then he waited until like we got on the ninety nine. It was almost in L A. before he finally admitted. It. <laughs> he was like, "I li- I was like, technically, I didn't fart in here, but I did fart before I got into the car." His fart smelled so bad that it followed him into my back. <laughs> That, shit that mug sm- was just stuck to his pants. Dude, that fart smelled like he was giving birth or something. <laughs> what is that smell? I never. I don't even know what that smell like. I don't know. It smell like fucking labor fart. <laughs> <laughs> All kind of yeah. This okay. this dude's ass smell like a bad plumbing system. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, God damn. That's funny. I mean, he's not no real big guy. Pretty good shape. I'm like, dude, what just came out of you right now? Yeah, that's an obesity fart. Yeah, you got a fucking four. You got a four hundred pound man fart coming out of your ass. You got a defensive NFL defensive tackle fart. That's my uh, four hundred pound life kind of fart. You got a motherfucking Shaquille O'Neal baseline dunk fart. <laughs> Love DJ man. I can't handle your farts, man. Yeah. All right. What what else did you have on that, dude? Um, I, I, I think I cut you off. I'm sorry, man. What was the topic again? I forgot. Um, damn. Uh, people lying on in Instagram. Bro. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I was just saying, like, for me, if I haven't done it yet, mm-hmm. then I probably wouldn't put it in there. <clears throat> right. And I pretty much tried everything that I want to do. But there's some other things that I, um, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, experimenting with and whatnot. But. Even like the comedy stuff. Like I've been on stage three times and I still haven't put like comedian in my in my bio. Just Same here. you know. I think the thing that I the things that I put in my bio are something that I feel like not that I'm necessarily professional at, but that I uh potentially like want to make money at. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So like some of the other stuff, you know, 
I don't really like I'm not going to put a model or fashion designer or, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Black guy aficionado. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start putting a renaissance man in there. Right. Yeah. I'm going to start making up shit. Pastor, porn star. Uh, pastor slash porn star. Hit me up for black cock. <laughs> black cock down. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be crazy. <laughs> Your DMs be looking wild. Like, hey, so I heard you have a business on the side. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Switching gears. Um, Democratic women versus conservative women. This is kind of, this is funny. I don't know. Me and Keith are having a conversation about this. And it was kind of funny because women in general, I don't really know. Like, I don't know. Like, we're talking about far left and far right. Mm-hmm. Cause there's been situations where women from the far left are pretty annoying. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I because at one time I considered myself like liberal, but I don't really consider myself anything. But mm-hmm. women from the far left, especially like it'll be like a white girl, they'll be like really sensitive to like topics mm-hmm. that like affect you, mm-hmm. but they'll be more offended by it than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, what? Exactly. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, don't you see, he, like, our president's racist? And I'll be like, look, girl, like, I'm not even concerned about that. Exactly. Like, I'm not really concerned about all that. Like, I, mm-hmm. I got other things going on. But mm-hmm. don't you, he told everybody to go back to their country. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, I mean, I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not care. losing no sleep over anything Donald Trump say. Uh-uh. No, I'm really not. Mm-hmm. It tends, like, usually, like, girls that are far left tend to, be more into like the i don't know like the body positive stuff the mm-hmm. you know they're pla- they're you know they're uh into like nature yeah more likely to be a vegan <laughs> 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 you know they're always wearing like flower shirts and stuff like that yeah yeah there's nothing wrong with women that are conservative or liberal but i yeah. noticed that conservative <clears throat> girls like there's are the type of chicks that will go to a freaking uh a trump rally and then lead a trunk rally and just go like, go hang out with a black guy. <laughs> <laughs> they go straight from the Trump rally, like, yes, right. <laughs> Build that wall. And as soon as they get out of there, they'll be like, oh, Taekwon, no. <laughs> Taekwon. Oh, my God. Like, build that wall. Build that wall. Blow my back out, Deontay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd be like, it'd be like, build that wall, kill my walls. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Yeah, that's- yeah, I I agree. I think what happens is, um, it's it's this really strange thing. I think when you think about it, just on mm. paper, you would think that, at least from our perspective, that we would tend to get along with, uh people that are on the far left more so than the people that are on the far right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what happens is when when you when you do come across a woman that's on the far right, mm-hmm. um, you kind of already have a, a, a basis to where your ideology lies, yeah. right? So you know that going into whatever um, friendship, relationship, or whatever it may be, that you're, you're already not going to agree on a lot of things. Oh, yeah. But when it comes to people on the left, because it's a whole spectrum and mm-hmm. because there are people that are farther to the left than some people. And, mm-hmm. you know, me and you, we consider ourselves to be closer towards the middle. 
Um, and then when you do run across somebody on the left, they get almost more angry because they yeah. think that they sh- you should agree with them right. on every single topic, right? Yeah. So I think that's where where all the altercations lie, and yeah. it's um, and it's 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 it gets really annoying. Um, and it ha- it tends to happen with uh, you know, like I said, like women that we run into, uh-huh. and it could be simple things like we we talk about it many a times on here we're not we're not homophobic you know we care no. about all races you mm-hmm. know we tell stories all the time of different interactions like yep. you know us you know literally changing our lingo just to you know keep up with the times in a sense um oh yeah but still you would have someone like um a woman that's not affected by any sort of these um civil issues in a right. sense you know a heterosexual like a, for instance a heterosexual white uh female right um she's not necessarily affected by you know the homophobia in america she's yeah. not affected by mass incarceration she's not affected right. by police brutality yeah none of this but she still has these strong opinions you know what i mean right. and she's almost angry at you because you don't yeah. you know feel the same way that she does about these things yeah, it, yeah. it gets really annoying so yeah, yeah. And i think what it is i'm not and we're not saying that you know just because you're not affected by something you shouldn't care i think that you know if you have empathy towards people's situations that's cool but i, I don't think you should be like you should not uh be consumed by it to the point to where you're mad at people that actually deal with it exactly it's like girl like it's okay just suck mm-hmm. my dick okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I'm playing. <laughs> I didn't even catch that. I'm just. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm fucking around. I just got to get the listeners on their on their toes. I'm sure the, the listeners is like, uh, yeah. But no, man. I, look, you can believe what you want. I just think yeah. that once you start to force those ideologies on people, it becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. And you know, as a black man, I lived all my life as a black man. I am a hundred percent aware of the things that I face because I face them. Yeah. But just because I'm dating, um, like if I'm if I'm dating a black woman, I don't have to sit there and spend my time explaining anything because mm-hmm. a black woman, nobody's gonna know somebody like me and Keith more than a black woman. Mm-hmm. But if I'm dating someone or even a, a Mexican girl, like a Latina, she's gonna also have an idea and understand. Mm-hmm. But if you happen to date a white girl, it's a little bit different, you know, because we have a different POV in regards to life. So she's more likely to be. Um, uh, more sensitive to these issues like like if let's say i'm out somewhere with a white girl and somebody calls me the n-word it's more likely that she would be more mad about it than me yeah like i would have to hold her back like hey look yeah <laughs> we need to go home like don't you know it's okay like you know, you're you not gonna call and they'll be crying and everything you like, not call my husband the n-word screw you pal he was like calm down babe. Like, I'm, just <laughs> I'm just chilling <laughs> like I'm so mad. I'm just so mad. <laughs> yeah, they, it's 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 a strange thing. I don't I don't know what psychology goes behind it. Right. Um, I'm not. I I wouldn't. I think everybody goes through something. Yeah. But people's issues are different. Exactly. So I feel like if you're if you're part of this um a certain culture where you know not a lot of things happen to you obviously there's like one of the biggest issues now is like yeah. the equal pay and you know uh across sports that's probably the biggest issue that women are facing right now uh-huh. um but there's no real like uh 
discrimination that happens and mm-hmm. um, there's no like they're not getting lynched. They're not mm-hmm. getting um, uh, there's not any like real laws that are, you know, holding them back. Yeah. So I feel like you almost want to create it's it's almost like rappers saying they from the hood. Like, yeah, right. You know right, what I mean? You right. want to create some sort of altercation for yourself so you can right. feel better about going through your day. Right. And this is not a general statement. This yeah. is just something that, we, that we've seen a lot of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I think if you do live a good life, like you should just live a good life. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be like it's cool to be like, you know, a person fighting for whatever. But like, I don't think you should like fall back into the negativity just to, you know, make yourself feel better. But that's just my opinion. Yeah. Like. Like I, it's just like I'll be at a store somewhere, and I'll see like some like white girl and some white guy with glasses, and they'll be wearing like a Black Lives Matter t shirt, mm-hmm. and I'll be like, ah, oh, okay. Thanks for the support. That's 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 cool. That's kind of story. It's cool, I guess. Cool story, bro. Cool, cool story. Yeah. Cool story, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's awesome to have allies, but sometimes Definitely. it just gets out of hand. Yeah, it it becomes. Um, I don't know. It's just a little bit consuming. Yeah. Um, I think that, like, here's the thing. If I feel a certain type of way about, I don't know, about, like, uh, deportation and ICE, but I'm not going to be wearing, like, ICE T-shirts. Like, ICE is bad, you know? Yeah. I what if feel, they, huh? Snigga Eddie come with a, through with an ice, 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 ice baby T-shirt? Oh, God. <laughs> that'd, be the, that'd be the fucking worst time to bring back a vanilla ice song. <laughs> That, oh, y'all Republicans missing out on opportunity, dude. That would be a fucking oh, right in with a MAGA hat, uh, a MAGA hat on. It'd be a MAGA hat. That'd be a clean outfit. Yeah, I, I, I th- it's it's just funny, man. This is <laughs> completely off topic. But what's weird to me is like <clears throat> America is funny. Yeah, you know there was this thing called colonialism at one time. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where they just conquered land that wasn't theirs, like yeah. by deception. Yeah. And then they get that land that they stole, and then now they create teams like ICE to kick people out. Mm-hmm. And it's just like it's like the equivalent of taking someone's wallet from them and stealing it and saying, "This is my wallet. Mm-hmm. You'll never get it back." Yeah. Matter of fact, go back and cross that wall over there. Or like, the the nigga that steal your J's and be like, "Hey, I got these J's for sale." <laughs> <laughs> this is mine this is mine man it's the same size <laughs> yeah this is weird yeah. man it's i think lot. the crazy thing is like i run into this um more often than not i think people tend they always say like you shouldn't um i forget how the exact quote but don't judge a person person based off what they say judge them based off their intentions it's true yeah especially in this time in, mm-hmm. in 2019 like Everyone is uh, extremely sensitive to true to, to everything. I'm sure. And, yeah. Um, instead, and a lot of times, instead of correcting someone, they tend to judge people. Yeah. So I was having this conversation, and um, I tell the story like multiple times. Like, you know, we don't have a problem with gay people. Like, you know, we have gay family members, right? Um, that we have great relationships with. Like, I went to a gay wedding. Like, I'm all for whoever. Like. It's it's your penis. Like do whatever you want with it. Yes. <laughs> I'm not gonna go to a gay pride parade, but you know, like right. do, do your thing. Right. But, um so um what happens is I forget exactly what I what I said. Um but sometimes you can say something about oh, so this is one 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 instance was there was uh 
I told this girl that um, being gay is a sin. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I'm more of a progressive and, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not necessarily believing that everything in the Bible is uh, is supposed to be um, used in 2019. You know what I mean? There's a lot of stuff in there that um, is like complete blasphemy uh, Mm -hmm. in 2019, just based on the way we live. Right. Um, So I said, like I was saying, like, technically it's a sin. Um, and then she looked at me like, like I cussed her out or something yeah. like that. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not saying that I, I, I'm not saying that, um, you know, I think that gay people should go to hell or whatever. Right. I was like, I'm not judging him at all. Like I, I sin all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'm not the person that's judging him. I'm exactly. just saying, according to the Bible, it says that it's a sin. Right. Along with. You know, fornication. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, lust and whatever. Gluttony. Yeah, whatever we go through on it. Even, you know, instances where, um, you know, it's all kind of sins in there that, you know, that we we kind of deal with on a daily basis. Yeah. That, um, and, and for me, I, I know that in the Bible it says that, you know, no sin is greater than in exactly. a, in another. So Hidden from the back is a sin, too. <laughs> it's, it's in the back of the Bible. Isn't it unfortunate that Jesus never got to hit it from the back? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus missed out, bro. <laughs> oh, dang. Dog, if it, thy shall not hit from the back. Thy shall not smacketh thy ass. <laughs> Thou shall not throw that ass back. Oh day. Oh day. Oh, That'd be a whole like like scripture like <laughs> girl you look good once you backeth thy ass up. <laughs> oh man. We gotta use that in stand up. Use it. <clears throat> Use a big fine woman once you back it thy ass. <laughs> Use a gluttonous woman once you back it thy ass. <laughs> oh dang, that'll be crazy. And you turn one more page, and all of a sudden, just audio come out. You're working with some ass here. I got some class here. <laughs> oh, hey, oh, Jesus Christ taking over for the nine nine and the two thousand. <laughs> Oh man, I know some people who get pissed off listening to this podcast. You have yeah. to in order to in order for you to last that hour and a half to two hours on this podcast, you have to have an open mind. Yeah. I mean for real. That so that's our biggest problem with like, you know, these these women that we're running into. Yeah. Is that they're um they're just almost setting their ways. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like us being being able to have this dialogue every week. You know, being able to, you know, look at different topics. We're yeah. talking about Little Nas X. You know, we're talking about um, we don't talk about politics that much. Nah. Um, so we don't we don't really discuss the border. But in our private life, we talk about it. Like yeah. we just talked about the guy that was saying, like, what do Mexicans look like? They look like me. And he was, you know, or yeah. what do aliens look like? They look like me because I'm Mexican or something. like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. And just the way we like felt like felt about that emotionally. Yeah. Um, you know. We talked about that and, you know, how that was like a crazy way to, you know, talk to someone that you don't even know. Right. Um, so we've proved time and time again on this podcast that we, we're not discriminatory. You know, we've changed our language and all that. 
So for anyone to ever take anything that we say in a personal conversation and then try to twist it like we're we're doing something wrong instead of like correcting us. Right. You know, it's just that says more about you. Like You just want to be mad at something. Yeah. And here's the thing. If you're mad about anything, just DM me. DM me. That, yeah. Or uh, have send a us conversation. a Yeah. Have a conversation. Mm-hmm. DM me or send us a message on on, uh, on SoundCloud and we'd love to reply. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's you know. my biggest gripe is just like have, don't judge someone. Don't, you know, cuss them out or whatever. Just right. have a conversation. And don't argue. Just like, yeah. you know, let people know um, their point. Like yeah. I tell people all the time. Not all the time, but sometimes it, mm-hmm. it gets kind of out of hand. It depends on my re- relationship, excuse me, with the person about using the F word because I yeah. still pe- hear people say it. Um, the, if I'm your friend or if like you know I'm some like close enough to you to where we can have that kind of conversation, then I'll tell you. Um, somebody the other day, I was like, "What the heck?" The, the F word meaning the word towards gay people. Yeah, yeah, the one that rhymes with maggot. Yep. Someone said it the other day, and I was like, yo, you can't be saying that, dude. Yeah. And he was like, well, they shouldn't be gay. I it was, was like, like, what? What kind of logic is that? I don't know, man. Some people was, uh, and it was one of my friends, too, Here, and you, just, I just you, felt bad for him. You, you want to hear the fucked up logic behind that? You'd be like, bro, you shouldn't be eating double cheeseburgers with bacon. that will kill you. And then would be like, they shouldn't be good. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. one hell of an excuse. Yeah, I didn't even know what to say after that. I was just like, okay. Like, okay. It, it's honestly, like, I feel like I did my job. But, yeah. You know, after that, you do what you want to in your life. Like, wow. you're going to be, you're like, whatever, however successful you want to be, um, you're going to realize that the more and more you go up, there's going to be more and more openly gay people. Right. Handling money and doing whatever. Yep. Counting um, your money. Especially in art. Mm-hmm. Art, there's like, I don't know, like, because art is such a like a a, a liberal type of field, yeah. Um, there's going to be more a lot of openly gay people, yeah. Yep. So you know you gotta you have to deal with that one day. One of them um, f words is going f you up. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, as you move up the ladder, there will be a lot more openly gay people. You know, yeah. you might be at the bank. They'll be like 20, 40, 60, 80, 100, 20, 20 40, 40, 60, 9. <laughs> that's a long s <laughs> do you want that in bills <laughs> that'll be 269 dollars and 99 cents it's like you have 25 cents i put the quarter on its head <laughs> <laughs> I'd be nasty. I had to run out of there. <laughs> I'll be like, um, all right, sir, you have a great day. That's Next funny. customer. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That was crazy. Yeah, man. Gotta love it. Gotta love it, right? Yeah. Gotta love America. All yeah. right. Shout out to the crazy, uh, you know, left, far left. We didn't really talk too much about uh, conservative women, though. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, conservative, conservative. Uh, you know, what's up? Yeah, conservatives. I, I think uh, they oftentimes don't. Is there, there's like there's different types of liberal and conservative. Like far left is the is the girls that always have to let you know that they're far left. Yeah, always yeah, gotta let exactly. you know. Far right <laughs> women are the ones that always gotta let you know they're far right. Like we <clears throat> love our president, we love our country. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I don't, I'm like I'm not too big on both of them. Yeah. But at the same time, the difference with the girl that's conservative is is them be the ones that just like 
I don't know. That you don't really have too many arguments over politics because yeah, you guys completely you disagree about a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. You know, but the only thing you do agree on is um, is uh, pulling hair and uh, <laughs> <laughs> ass smacking, pulling hair. <laughs> and the only problem I have with with like conservative women is like they'll say some wild shit. Like y'all have like a real good. Sexual exchange, <laughs> and then you wake up the next morning and you'd be like, "Oh, that was great." They'd be like, "Yeah, we really need to get these Mexicans out of here. We really need to build that wall." I'd be like, "Look, you just get the fuck out of my house, okay? Come back when you ain't coming with that bullshit, okay?" It's uh, fine, all right. Don't be mad at me for loving my country, okay? Yeah. I really do. Like, I think I know. Like, maybe it's not too many. I know, like a handful. Um, some I went to school with, some I know, you know, just just um, by way of the internet and whatnot. And um, I never really argue with them about politics or anything. Be- I also feel like they care about they care about people. Um, it's just the way that they care about people is different. Oh, you yeah. know, they're just, I guess for them it's a lot more by the book. You know what I yeah. mean? They feel like if a certain thing is a law, they're just you know everyone should abide by that law. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it is just the way they grew up. You know, people are Democrats or Republicans most of the time based on, you know, what their They're, parents think. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, you can't really blame anybody for that. But I do think that there's uh, there. I tend to have less arguments with conservative women. Yeah. But that's like I, I'm not going to be in a relationship <clears throat> with a conservative woman. though. Oh, hell no. Nah. Yeah, it's this. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not going that far. Yeah. They'd be like, just hit me up when it's 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're not watching Fox News. Then, <laughs> 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 yeah. And the, the far left chick will be like, you can come over and hang out. But first, we got to make sure we, I have to go to, you know, the Black Lives Matter rally. And uh, then I got to go to the Pride Parade. Got to go to the Pride Parade, the Black Lives Matter Parade. <laughs> and if you don't go with me, then you are definitely not getting anything We're from gonna me. We're going to donate food to the homeless. We donate food to the homeless. We're going to feed animals. Shelter. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go vegan for two weeks. <laughs> no, we're not eating any eating any meat. I'm not gonna eat your meat. <laughs> <laughs> oh dang. Oh, oh my god. That's some good material. I'm yeah. gonna use that on stage one day. One thing that kills me about vegans, first off, I think veganism is great. I think it's smart. I mm-hmm. think it's ahead of its time, and I think that in the next hundred years, I don't think anybody's going to be eating meat because by then we're going to have too much education about what meat does. At the current time, I still eat meat because meat tastes great. But people I'm just still saying, smoke cigarettes, though. Yeah, we people, do a lot of stuff that do, kill us. Yeah, we do a lot of shit that could kill us. But I think that eventually nobody's going to eat meat. Uh, but this girl that was a vegan, I'll leave her leave her nameless. But mm-hmm. she kind of was annoying. She used to post shit on Facebook like "vegan pussy is the best pussy," <laughs> shit like that, like vegan life is like and it's like they make like they create this like world of like how great being a vegan is like it's actually just a life change it's your life change Mm -hmm. like i hate when people try to push their beliefs on you or what they do yeah i feel like also like have you ever seen a person that was a vegan or a vegetarian yeah um and you wouldn't be able to tell just by looking at them right like they still kind of out of shape yeah still kind of frumpy yeah you you look lumpy man yeah you look like a fucking uh slimer from ghostbusters <laughs> you look like the michelin man <laughs> yeah you know you, fuck it man you might as well eat meat 
Exactly. Yeah, you look like you look like a beat up carne asada or something. <laughs> you look like raw meat. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I've seen some fat vegans, fat vegans and vegetarians. Yeah. I'll it's like, like you eating there's there has to be some element of your diet that's not that healthy. So exactly. you're eating the fruits and you know, the vegetables and the uh I don't know, whatever, the tofu or whatever, but you probably eating, you probably down in Snickers every night. Or, oh, yeah. You know, whatever that that thing is that's keeping you a little bit chunky. Yeah, I've seen some fat, fat vegans. I'm just like, bruh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, just you might as well just quit right now. Yeah. Because the vegan lifestyle is supposed to be healthier, but there is a lot of unhealthy vegan food. They got fried food, too. They have a soul food vegan spot in L.A. I heard it's really good. They have one. I think they have one here. Really? Um, it's supposed to be at the farmer's market. Oh, wow. Yeah. I wonder what it tastes like. I'll give it a try. Just, just, I don't know. I guess it's guilt-free. I don't know. Yeah. It's, I feel like if you if you can't really do it, like you can't really put the soul and yeah. you know, all that, and you can't really put your foot off into it, as yeah. old black people say, um, then you should just eat something else. Yeah, eat something else. Eat something that's not that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, switching gears. Uh, woman assaults husband on plane. I don't know if anybody has seen a video that surfaced recently, but there was a woman and a man that had a brief, like, uh, verbal altercation, and he was like, leave me alone, and she wouldn't leave him alone. So she ends up slapping him. Everybody on the plane is like, oh. And then finally, like, uh, after he slapped, the stewardess comes up, and she's like, hey. She's like, come with me, sir. Come with me. It's Come with us. And then he got up. And she was trying to hold him back. So she ends up hitting the guy in the head. Uh, the guy's wife hit him in the head with a laptop as he was, like, running away from her. Oh gosh. And then she punched him in the <clears> head. <throat> and then everybody's like, oh, my God. And then uh, the girl was, like, crazy telling the guy to fuck himself. And then uh, finally at the end of the tape, the fucking pilot comes up and he's like, hey, you're going to be arrested for assault. She's like, oh, whatever, fine. Let me buy. Let me go. And then she starts chasing after the guy again. Now, when the videos got put on Facebook, people was I seen a bunch of laughing emojis, mm-hmm. bunch of people laughing at it. I felt it was pretty funny, but at the same time, <laughs> I'm, I'm also a person that thinks with more than one hat. So what I what I took away from it was, yeah, it may have been a little funny, but flip the scenario to a woman being hit. Now is it funny? No, it's not. That's why a lot of the equality talk is flushed down the toilet. Because if you cannot take the same amount of energy towards both of these situations, then your objective is selective equality, not equality. Yeah. A woman should not be able to hit a man in the head with a fucking laptop. Yeah, that sounds crazy. You know? And then people laughed when he got hit in the head with a laptop. Simply the fact, this is the problem. There is this, there's this hidden narrative that men can never be victims. We're so big and strong and we're the yeah. leaders and this. A man can be a victim. I don't know why I even have to say this. Yeah. A man can be a victim. If you disagree with that, then you the one that's a problem. Yeah. You know, this guy got hit in the head with a fucking laptop. And the mm-hmm. laptop looked like it was an old cheap one. So, you know, it was big and heavy. Yeah. The cheaper laptops is big and heavy. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's just that plop. <laughs> he was like, oh. <laughs> you know, on Street Fighter, when they get punched and they make that sound before they die. Yeah. Like, ooh, 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 yeah, ooh, echoes. Ooh. That's funny. You win. <laughs> <laughs> Remember after, uh, then they made that sound with the uh, the points at the end. Yeah, you win. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then they do their little finishing, like, yeah, house yeah. cake or something. <laughs> <laughs> round two, fight. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, I'm with you, man. I think one thing that people get misconstrued is that um, these things are genderless, like domestic exactly. violence, assault. All of this is genderless. In society, we've created these ideas because um, we we deemed men stronger than women and stuff like that. Right. And then you always hear people talking about this. You know, so this is gender is a social gender is a social construct, and you know, race is a social social construct, and all this stuff like that. Um, so we just fall into these like different scenarios where right. we we create these cultural things that are not really like part of any real law. Exactly. Um, so this idea that men should not hit women is true, but it's really like no one should hit anyone. Exactly. You know what I mean, so uh, that's the law that I abide by. That's what I had to, uh, I guess, unlearn and relearn myself. Is that um, like when I tell, even when I talk to the kids at school, like you know. I, I, I had to catch myself like, hey, like, don't hit any like sometimes I would say like, yo, don't hit the girls or like men should not hit women. But it's really like, yo, like, don't hit anyone. Like, exactly. keep, you know, keep your hands to yourself no matter what gender you are. Even girls on girls or boys on boys. Um, like, Don't hit anyone. So <clears throat> with that being said, um, that's the part that is uh, discouraging. Right. Because right. we we've talked about two scenarios in which. Um, we're trying to create this equality, but still in society, we see that, you know, we're far from that. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be a long fight because there's stuff that, that has been going on for years that, that we're trying to change, you know, in, in time, like, especially this, this whole domestic violence thing. Like, you know, we talked about when Bow Wow got beat up. You got scratches all yeah, over his face. At him. Yeah, stuff like that. Um, you know, it just happens over and over again. And I don't know what what's going to happen. I hope there's serious repercussions to create a precedent for people, um, for females, not to to do anything about it. We also talked about that Lorraine and Bobbitt thing. Yeah, that's you know ridiculous. I mean? She's like a cultural hero. Excuse yeah. me, cultural hero for assaulting a man. You know, yeah, what I mean? that's so. not good. And then here's the thing, and there are people going to say, well, uh, Keith, you need context behind that because she didn't just assault him. He cheated on her, and and he uh, put his hands on her. Okay, here's the thing. Ladies, if a man is dumb enough to put his hands on you or cheat on you or hurt you in any way, you know what you can do? Leave. Mm-hmm. You can leave. A, a man that would do anything like that is beneath you. So what you do is that if you maim him in any way, chop off his penis, cut him, stab him, you became him. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. You become the man that did that. And that's the, another problem that a lot of women don't realize is they're becoming the same disgusting guys that they've dealt with in the past. They, they, they redistribute these disgusting habits that were done to them while they were in relationships or whatever. There are some women that were hurt so much in relationships that when they meet a new guy, they hurt they hurt the man before the man could hurt them that's the type of the type of psychology that these women are walking around with like mm-hmm. i'd rather him i'd rather hurt him first before he hurts me mm-hmm. and it's like that's not that's not reality that's just yeah. dysfunction you know what happens too it's um it a lot of i don't know what the psychology is behind women not um going to 
the police and stuff when these domestic violence things happen. Uh-huh. Um, but it's almost easier to try to like respond with violence. But also that doesn't do anything for him. Like no. if you hit him, he's probably just going to hit you back harder mm-hmm. or eventually it may stop or whatever. But, you know, it's probably going to happen again. Definitely. But if you get in trouble with the law and you go to prison for however many years they give you for assaulting um, or some sort of domestic violence, right. then, you know, you're more likely to learn your lesson. You know what I mean? Versus like just punching him back in the face or, you know, yeah. doing whatever. Like that's not really teaching um, that person a lesson. Yeah. Nah, you're not. If anything, you're making things worse. I think that we do, we kind of do a disservice to women when we say men should never hit women, a man should never hit women. No, you shouldn't, but you shouldn't be hitting anyone in general. Mm-hmm. We, we discussed this earlier that there's no law saying that you shouldn't hit women because yeah. we're all seen as adults in the eyes of the law. Mm-hmm. So the problem with the with the law, though, is is we fall into the law and we fall into the court of public opinion. And that's where we get fucked up, because if I'm out in public and a girl slaps me and a cop sees it, he is he is more prone to be more forgiving of the woman who slapped me and says, hey, you need to go home and leave him alone. Yeah. Instead of putting the fucking handcuffs on her. Yeah. I've seen women because I've seen women openly assault a man and slap him and the cops will come down and be like, you need to go this way. You need to go this way. Don't put your hands on him again or I'm taking you to jail. You should never give a person a warning after they assault someone. But a woman is more likely to get that warning than a man. If a man slap a woman, he's going to fucking jail right there. Yeah. So the thing about it is equality really doesn't exist as a whole because everything should be punishable equally. You know what I mean? Like when people talk about equality, if they're talking about, you know, in the workspace or something, okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But as a whole, we have to. We got. We got a lot of work to do. Yeah, that's about it, man. Yeah, like damn. You just go lean back like that and just hold the mic, not even care, man. <laughs> I mean, we beat it over the head. Yep. You should never hit women unless it's from the back. Exactly. They'd be like, "Oh my God, hit me, hit me." <laughs> <laughs> some women are dysfunctional. They'll be like, "Punch me in the face, punch me, punch me." I'd be like, nah. Bro, I've heard some crazy stuff that I'm not going to say here. But Yeah, some women is just that, like the most dysfunctional women are into the craziest sexual stuff. Yeah. They'd be like, kill me harder. I'd be like, what? Yeah. I can't kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Choke me like, <laughs> like it's a noose and it's slavery. Oh, <laughs> my God. You'd be like, I'm uh, going to leave. Yeah, that'd be, oh, my God, that'd be crazy. <laughs> I bet you there's some black guy or there's probably like a, a, a white and black couple that do like role playing. Yeah. But they, they say all the racist shit. Yeah. I couldn't do that. Yeah. If I'm, I'm sure that turns some black dude on. Probably. Yeah. It probably. That, not me. I'll be like, look here. Okay. Uh, Heather, get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Switching gears, man. Yeah. Um, Erica Wheeler, a WNBA All-Star, um, after she was undrafted. First-time All-Star. First-time All-Star. Yeah. Uh, after being undrafted. Mm-hmm. So this is the person who was not even given a shot to play in the league. Mm-hmm. They ended up making a team and ultimately became oh, excuse me, a WNBA All-Star. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty uh, motivational uh, 
story mm-hmm. uh, that, that's behind Erica Wheeler. Uh, go mm-hmm. ahead and elaborate a little more on it, Keith. Yeah. So Erica Wheeler, she's, um, I think this is her fourth year in the league. She went to Rutgers, and um, she had a she had an okay career. It wasn't amazing. Um, she knew for a fact that she wasn't going to get drafted when the draft came around, and um, so she just she, you know she sat on her, she or she 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 had it made up in her mind that she wasn't going to get drafted. So I I believe um, she had a couple workouts. She got cut by like one or two teams, and then she finally landed her way on the uh, Indiana Fever. Which is also the team that uh, Erica McCall plays on. Erica McCall is a, you know, Bakersfield native. Shout out to her, and um, she plays on the team. And this is this is like her first year of really getting to getting an opportunity and getting some playing time, and you know, really getting a shine. And she took full advantage of it. She, uh, you know, she made the All Star team this year, and she actually won the MVP of the All Star game. So uh, right now we're going to play a little clip from from our acceptance speech. and then I'm real humble, but um, I'm not going to be humble in this moment right here. <laughs> my confidence was through the roof because I had a chip on my shoulder. I knew I was undra- mo- the only undrafted player. I don't have a shoe contract. I don't have no contracts besides the WNBA. So for me... It was to make my mark, and I think I did that because nobody's looking at me. I'm a no-name. So I think I left today with a name that everybody can remember. So, you know, my confidence is through the roof. I don't know how high this roof is, but it's past this roof. (laughs) My main goal today, and I told um, Candace Dupree that I don't know how I'm going to be unforgettable, but I want to be unforgettable once we play this game, and I think I did that. What you guys say? You know, so I think I did that, and um, my main thing is is just to be able to inspire the youth to never give up, and I think I'm a walking never give up word. You know, if you go in the dictionary and they say never give up, I think you should put Erica Willer because of, you know, the path I went, you know, so that's all I have to say. So, you know, just right there, you you, you can see, like, she just, like, we... I don't want to say it, but you know, she she came from nothing basically. Yeah, she she built it. She built it up. I think her mom even died of cancer while she was at school, and she dedicated the um, she dedicated that uh, award to her. And it's just it's just a testament to perseverance, man. Like I seen it, and I was immediately inspired. Like you know, I'm not playing sports anymore, um, but if I was a kid and I seen that, I would be like, man, like you can you can make it. You can make it different ways. You right. don't have to be drafted. You don't have to go to the biggest school. Um, you know, you don't have to be a lottery pick. You can you can just grind and work hard and, you know, lay it out there all lay it all out there on the floor and make it happen. And she even hit like there was it was it was like one twenty six to one twenty three. I think the her team was up by three and it was like twenty some seconds left or something like that. And she hit the like basically the game ceiling three and her team won and then she won the MVP award. So it's just, it's just dope, man. I love stories like that because it just shows you that there's multiple ways to be successful. Yeah, definitely. Everyone's path is different. That's why you can't get discouraged if someone that you perceive to be ahead of you, like, fuck, they, they, you know, they got a promotion before me, man. I might as well just get a different job. 
None of that. Like you, you just have to outwork. You have to outwork yourself. Like yeah. it, don't don't use someone else as a gauge. Just make sure you're being your best self because yeah. that's what's going to get you ahead. If you're being your best self, you're doing everything to get you ahead, and you and you still are not where you want to be. Then then there's a, a ultimate plan for you to be doing something else. But just yeah. continue to work hard because hard work is going to take you somewhere. Yeah, for sure. If, okay, here's the thing. Let's say you wanted to be in the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you work hard, you work hard, you work hard, and you didn't make it in the NBA. You keep getting cut by teams. You will still end up being further along in your journey than if you never fucking tried. Exactly. So it's important to always keep the uh, to keep the attitude that you're just going to keep pushing. You're going to keep mm-hmm. pushing. You're going to keep pushing. I know I'm not making millions of dollars. Or I'm not making anything on this podcast, but I do it because I love it because I know where I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. I don't I have no doubt within my mind, just like, you know, Erica Wheeler, when she mentioned having extremely high confidence in herself mm-hmm. is when you have confidence in yourself, you know uh, that regardless of where your current situation is, that is not the end of your story. Mm-hmm. So your life's like a book. You just keep going chapter by chapter by chapter. I think right now in my book at 34, I'm somewhere towards the middle of my life, somewhere close to that. Mm-hmm. And I got so much more to accomplish. And um, that's my story. But Erica's story is captivating, especially because she achieved this. She achieved this and she really wasn't supposed to even be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's really just Mm -hmm. breathtaking about it. Yeah. I think, um, and, you know, I'm working on this project now with with, uh, a lot of these local basketball players. And it, it just reminds me a lot of, a lot of their stories like there's this guy eric smith um that's from bakersfield and he went to i went to school with him and now he plays overseas in in belgium last season he played in slovakia and they had there's this tournament on espn called uh, tbt which is um is it stands for the basketball tournament mm. it's this this big money two million dollar tournament um where the it's a winner take all uh single single game elimination type atmosphere and there's teams from all around the country filled with a bunch of like semi pro dudes you know professionals from overseas there's former college athletes former nba players all you know uh and it's regional so there's i don't know what the pool is but it has to be it's probably like it's probably like 32 teams or something something along those lines because you got to win uh six games to to actually win the whole tournament, um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of teams in this uh, in this tournament, and it's you know teams from all teams from all over the country. There's even this team that was basically a it's named after a street. It's Aww. like Eber Eberton or something like that. It's like in Michigan. Uh. There's a bunch of people from that neighborhood. Excuse me, they just put a team together, and then they've been they're pretty good. I think they were like the runners up last year. Aww. But so this tournament. Um, this guy Eric Smith is playing in it. He went to a Division three school, um, which is you know Division one is like the UCLA's, the right. Dukes, the USC's. Manfords. Yeah, Division threes you've literally probably literally never heard of one of the schools yeah. <laughs> or like an athlete that has been successful at that. Um, so his team is called We Are D three, and they're playing um, this team which is full of Syracuse alumni. Um, they're called Bayheim's Army. Um, 
Jim Beheim is basically like the legendary future Hall of Famer yeah. coach from Syracuse that, you know, I don't know how many wins he has, but he's probably like one of the all time leading uh, uh, wins at, you know, in college basketball history. Yeah. Um, so they're playing basically one of the better teams in the in the in the tournament. And you got a bunch of D3 guys playing against like, you know, legendary Syracuse basketball teams. And uh, Eric Smith, a D3 guy, is the best basketball player on the court. He's playing defense. He's locking everybody up. He's getting blocks. He's getting steals, shooting threes, shooting mid-range jump shots. And, like, the people, it was was amazing to watch just because I'm, like, working with him. And I was like, oh, this is great content. But it was amazing to watch because all throughout the game they're talking about him. Yeah. Like, oh, this guy, Eric Smith, he's, you know, he's he's, um, MVP of the Slovakian championship. And this guy went to Cal Lutheran and. You know, he's out there. He has really good athleticism. The whole, like, the whole entire game, every time he does something, um, they're, like, raving about him. And it was just amazing to see. Um, and it was, you know, part of that same thing, not just that perseverance. So, basically, um, if this was some sort of college environment or whatever, he would be, he would be capable of playing on that team. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Through hard work, through yeah. playing hard, through just having that, that confidence in yourself above anything. And even the coach, Jim Beheim, got on the got on the um the commentary or the you know, through the headphones and gave him a mic and he was like, Yo, who is this guy? Like why haven't I heard of him before? And they were like, you know, he's a D three guy and, you know, he's out here balling. So I don't know, I just just those sort of stories, like I for me, they're inspiring and I hope for, you know, our listeners, you know, you could use these type of stories and then just apply them to your life. Yeah, whatever aspect or whatever field you're you're trying to do, whether it's art, music, whatever, um, just use that same mentality because we don't always get we don't always have that first round um, parallel in our life. You exactly, know I mean? a lot of us went undrafted in our fields. Yeah, it doesn't matter where you start. I think I think um, there there could be someone who started from very humble beginnings. Probably had he could have had two. Like not the, not Eric, but just in general, there, mm-hmm. you could be a person that you didn't come from the best home life. Both of your parents are on drugs, and mm-hmm. you're poor and all that. And you know there could be a, another person that is both parents well to do. You know he has a good home life, and he becomes the CEO of a company. And you come from a home with two drug abused parent abusing parents that are poor, and you become a CEO. Yeah, you, you've reached the same level as someone who had a better start than you. Mm-hmm. But you worked harder for it. Yeah. So the thing about it is, is the the sky is the limit. And I know that's kind of a over uh, 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 basically something that's said a little too much. But the sky is the limit. Your effort is going to represent uh, where you're going to go. Mm-hmm. You know, because even if you look at a guy in, in the NBA, for all those who don't know this, but there's a guy named Lou Will- Lou Williams. Yeah. Um, who was a six man and basically he could be a starter for almost any NBA team and they bring him off the bench, but he accepts his role, but he works hard. And when he gets on the floor, he reminds you every time why he gets to play yeah. and why he's getting the contract that he's getting. Yeah. Cause this guy's busting people's asses out there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, yes, this was, uh, this was initially about, uh, Erica Wheeler, uh, uh, WNBA All Star, but you could. It's very relatable. It's a very relatable story if you're a person that's just working a job and you don't see yourself 
going anywhere further in that job and you feel like you're stagnant and you want to do more with yourself, mm-hmm. this is the time to uh, really dig deep inside and say, look, what am I doing here? You know, I'm not yeah. growing here. I'm just accepting this. I've become complacent. Let me let me work myself out of this situation. Yeah. And when you just take that leap of faith and you just work hard, you're going to end up somewhere. You're going to end up somewhere that you're blessed that you took that leap of faith. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Something to think about, folks. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, switching gears. Is originality dead in film? Uh, we talked about this a little bit, too, man. And God damn, like all these remakes and reboots are just too much. The Lion King, motherfucking Fast and Furious. Uh, is this the seventh one? Or is this eight? No, this might be nine. Oh, my God. They need to stop. Yeah. They should have stopped at fucking three. Yeah. they got, And then they got a spinoff, Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, my God. It's like yeah. they're only putting their time in, in the things that they know are going to make money. Yeah. They don't. Originality is not because everybody's so fucking money hungry anymore. It's like you're not getting any good, really good films. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they keep remaking the same shit. The Lion King, I never watched it. The, this new one, because it's just I knew. Look, I've seen the Lion King as a kid. This is just a live action uh, version, mm-hmm. so there was no point for me to watch it. But they gave me, they made a shitload of money making this. This is actually lazy if you think about it. They made a ton of money making the same fucking film except live action, and they changed the characters. Uh, Beyonce was in it, right? Yeah. And uh, Charles Gambino was in it. Shout yeah. out to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just the 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 lack of creation or lack of originality in a lot of movies is just mm-hmm. really what kills me. Yeah, I wouldn't call it lazy. It's probably more difficult to make that movie. Well, than of course, it is. Um, it's uh, it's 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 part of the business model, and I understand. Like you know, as as far as a business, that's the hard thing. You have to, you know, us as artists. Um, we love original things. And then there's also a business element to where Disney, they have to make stockholders happy and their, you know, right. their owners happy and stuff like that. So that's the hard part. But I think for me, um, it you just see it happen over and over and over. Like I just heard earlier that they're trying to make a live action version of Recess. Uh, yeah, come on. Yeah, I was like, come, come on, on, man. man. This it's is like, there's too much. They know that nostalgia is winning. Yeah. So they could get you with nostalgia. I don't know what's next. Like, what they're doing is this. This is why I said it's a little bit lazy. And the reason why I say that is because if I have a frozen hot pocket, right? Mm-hmm. Everything in that hot pocket, I'm talking about the little pizza pockets, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, stay with us. Um, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> if, I, if I get a frozen Hot Pocket, it's already got the meat, the sauce, all the ingredients, and it's frozen. And all I got to do is give it to Keith, and he microwaves it, mm-hmm. right? I have the whole frozen Hot Pocket. It's already fucking ready, mm-hmm. right? But all Keith has to do is heat it up. Mm-hmm. How about you remove the Hot Pocket, and you make this whole thing from scratch? Mm-hmm. And if it's great, then it's great. But people don't, they don't like taking a gamble because yeah. there's a lot of money involved in these fucking films. Yeah. So it's like, God damn. There's a lot of movies that I've watched. That I was like, mm, they could have did better. But imagine if they like the the La 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 Yarona. Yeah. The movie we watched. It mm-hmm. was like it was it wasn't bad. It's a pretty good movie. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like just like breathtaking. Yeah. You know. But it was a it it kind of wasn't really original because that story has been around forever. Yeah. That that's like some you know a cultural thing with the you know Latino yeah. culture 
Yeah. Um, I think um, it it is it is people. I mean, I guess production companies and you know uh, film film companies. There, it's 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 gambling in a sense. Yeah. If you put up two hundred and fifty million dollars, you want to make sure that um, you're going to get that two hundred fifty million dollars back and more. Mm. So I understand that. But I do think there there's a lane where with there's this production company called Blumhouse. Blumhouse is the people that they they may get out and uh, uh they didn't do us. I think they partnered with um Jason Blum on us. But you know the uh Jordan Peele movies, he's yeah. uh he's a partnership with them. Get Out is pretty original, one of the more original movies that have been made in the past few years. And um it didn't take that much money. It was it was a pretty small budget movie. I don't know exactly how how much, but it was probably in the four to five million dollar range. Um, so that's what you can do. You know what I mean with with original concepts. Just throw five million dollars at it. But there's this idea that um, in these sort of uh, productions that they don't necessarily know what to do with small budget movies like that. Right. Like they're. Everyone is fixated on creating the next um, huge franchise, and they're not as concerned with making like small budget, really good films. Right. You know nah, I mean? So it, it it sucks for. I think the thing that's disheartening the most is as creators, um, we we fear that we'll be squeezed out because yeah. our ideas are not based on any sort of. Um, comic book our ideas are not based on any sort of tv show or you know it's not a biopic or whatever um you know it's just completely original in the sense of you know it's not based on a source material um which sucks you know what i mean like you you're almost afraid to be original you almost want to lean into these i like ideas already like oh man maybe i should just you know purchase the rights to a book and then my movie would be better uh served to get made or you know maybe i should just fall in line and try to you know hop on a marvel movie or something instead of creating your own so it's just it's kind of sad man for creators but it happens in you know in 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 all these different fields and it kind of sucks yeah i think that now what happens is is when they find a good movie like a john wick or something they don't they don't end it they just keep on looping it Mm-hmm. Looping it, looping it, looping it, rebooting it. Yeah, like that new Blade. Honestly, I'm waiting on that. That 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 I've been waiting on the Blade movie a long time. Yeah, that that was a, the first one was good. The second one was just as good. Now this third one, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. <clears throat> yeah, it's but. yeah, it's a whole reboot. So I'm sure it will be a whole different tone, and it's Disney actually doing it. So oh shit, who knows in what capacity or what tone the movie will be. Yeah, don't turn because Disney doesn't really make like rated R movies. Nah, I hope they don't turn it into a, mis- a musical. Ah. <laughs> Blade be like, I'm gonna kill all these vampires. <laughs> I'm going to suck your blood. <laughs> Bring your neck over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang, that'd be crazy. Blade, like, bring your neck over here. <laughs> Bring that neck back. I was it was dope though. Like I, I sent that video to you, and uh, for me, I just kind of look. I'm in the space now to where I'm uh, like sharpening my skills, but I'm also looking to see how 
things are actually getting made. Right. Um, and I sent that video to to Eddie, and it was basically a, a conversation between, I think his name is Kevin Feige. He's um, one of the executives over at um, Marvel and Disney. And um, so Mahershala Ali is a well-accomplished actor. I think he has two Oscar awards for supporting roles in um, – in the Green Book, and then in in uh, in Moonlight, I believe. So he's coming off of uh, two Oscar two Oscar awards, and I believe he had a a meeting with Kevin Feige, and then they were just chopping it up, like you know, talking about the awards and talking about life and stuff like that. And then he was like, "Man, let's just cut straight to the chase." And he was like, "Blade." And then Kevin Feige was like, "Yeah, of course." He's like, "Wow." Like, so so it's. It's something to say about your resume. You know what I mean? If you go into any sort of situation and you have an amazing resume and, you know, for him, it's obviously Oscar awards and successful movies. But, you know, for anybody, it could be anything. For us, it could be 70 episodes of of a podcast. So if we go into, you know, some sort of radio space or a meeting with, you know, some sort of a production company that on the table. podcast. Yeah. We go to Spotify, Apple, whatever. Yep. Um, we could be like, Hey, we have a, we have a following and, you know, so it was, it was just, that was just a dope thing to see. Um, and it just kind of goes back to just the ground roots of everything, like build your resume and then, you know, those opportunities will come. You know what I mean? This is his first opportunity. This is going to be his first opportunity to be like the big leading role in you know a big budget movie and you know we'll see how it plays out but his resume you know stacks up to anybody so yeah i gave him an opportunity yeah that's cool <clears throat> I, I just i don't i don't know i just feel like and my thing is like I don't, I don't know anything you know but it's just certain movies i feel that they should have already made and one of the most interesting characters that have not have a movie yet still is gambit but they're supposed to be working on it it's supposed to be uh a tanning tatum is supposed to be gambit to yeah. my recollection the thing with those, um, a lot of the X Men movies are in limbo because they um, they aren't successful. They weren't successful with Fox. Uh-huh. Um, they've had like two, two movies in a row that weren't the first um, X Men First Class. The the first reboot that they did when they went with the younger cast after um, they did away with the Holly Berries and you know all those other other people. Um, that one was pretty successful by their standards, and then they did the second, the sequel, which was the one we seen with um, what's the guy's name? The, what was the villain's name in that movie? And which he one? Was, he was like five six. And what like, movie? Why is it in the X Men movie? X Men, which five six? We saw oh, it you in fucking theaters. Apocalypse. Yeah, Apocalypse. That was garbage. Apocalypse looked like um, what's the little short Italian dude? that be <laughs> fucking Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what the fuck is going on over here? <laughs> Uh, Danny DeVito as a Hey, what are you doing over here? Yeah, it's comedy. Always sunny in Philadelphia. But um, <laughs> <laughs> they had him. That movie didn't do that great. And then I guess they were probably already locked in to make three of them. So they just made the third one, the Dark Phoenix one. And I seen that one and I was just like, and I'm not the person to judge films, but watching those, I'm always rooting for it. You know what I mean? But usually when I get in there and I see it's not, the, the greatest film and it's just a spectacle i'm just like man this sucks um not the movie not the movie sucking but it sucks for me as a fan to yeah. you know you you hope that you can go watch a great movie and you know the franchise will continue and everything will be great but 
you know, the movie is not that great. And then you just kind of walk out disappointed. Yeah. 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 But so with the Gambit thing, Gambit is like one of the most interesting and like everyone loves Gambit. Um, But if you make um, unsuccessful X-Men movies consecutively and then you try to bring in a character like a a, a spinoff, you know yeah. what I mean? Like Gambit, it's not, it, it's not really a space for it to work. But they're rebooting, like since Disney bought Fox, they're gonna re- they're probably going to reboot the whole X-Men franchise. And then hopefully um, Gambit will fall in there somewhere. I don't know, Keith. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Hopefully they figure it out. All right. Switching gears. Uh, it incremental growth is still growth. Uh, what people don't realize is incremental growth is basically something that people tend to overlook because they're too caught up in, you know, seeing what other people are doing and they gauge their self. Like they're, they're using like people use like a different metrics to gauge success. So they'll look at something that, uh, I don't know, let's say they'll look at, look at us. Oh man. They got 70 podcasts. I need to get 75 in like two weeks. You're yeah. like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, no, it, you need to look at what you're doing and if you're getting better at it and, and how you are. Basically, if you're getting better at anything in life, then that's still growth. If you only made so much money this year and you made a little bit more the next year, you made a little bit more the next year. That means you're getting better each year. Mm hmm. Man, you fumbling around with that mic, man. <laughs> this mic is falling apart. It's I can hear cheap. it. It's like it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I listen to the podcast. I can tell Keith's like getting tired because I start hearing that fucking mic. No, <laughs> me and this mic, me being tired has nothing to do with the mic. This mic is just like poorly put together. That's yeah. what we need. Some sort of mic stand sponsor where they could, you know, give us some, give us some better mic stands. Right. And these mic stands are just some basic ones you just stand on a table. We need the ones that, <laughs> that clip on that. Yeah, so we can move can it lean around. Back. Yeah. Yeah. Kinda I don't think joke. the listeners give a fuck about this. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> like, what are these niggers talking no, no. about? <laughs> <laughs> what are these N words talking about? <laughs> and then yeah. there's some white girl liberal that's getting extremely angry. Why are they saying that word? Why are they saying the N word? Oh my God. <laughs> She's getting triggered. <laughs> <laughs> you see that meme where it shows that like super left wing chick with short hair and it's like says triggered. Uh, 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 uh. Oh fuck, you gotta see it. Comedy. We gotta make that picture like the like the thumbnail for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> call it triggered. Yeah, that's what we'll call the podcast. Triggered. That'll work. Yeah, you'll see what I'm saying. It's fucking funny. <laughs> if you put like tr- triggered meme, it'll show a chick with like short hair with her eyes are all. She looks like some like feminist looking like I guess feminist looking chick like the ones yeah. that are. With the short hair and the little tight t-shirts with no bra on, mm-hmm. that's funny. <laughs> yeah, nah, but oh, yeah, I see it. Yeah, you see it. Let me mm-hmm. see. Huh. Yep, that's yeah. it. <laughs> with yeah. the yeah, with the glasses, mm-hmm. and she looked like Waldo. <laughs> nah, what people need to understand is incremental growth is still growth. You're still growing. Yeah. Um. And I think we always want to be somewhere with, like fast. We we always want to fast track where we want to be but that's not how it works anything mm-hmm. worth anything takes time you know uh for example um let's say for example uh you, you you break up you're in a relationship you break up you get another relationship the next week uh chances are that you wanted something fast 
and that's not gonna last and that rhymed all right um <laughs> mc eddie yeah nah you wanted something fast and it ain't gonna last that's not how it works mm-hmm. like i think even if keith me and keith do fucking 200 episodes that doesn't mean we're we're going to you know all of a sudden be successful because we have 200 podcast episodes I, I mean i project we'll have much more of a following by then but that doesn't mean shit like you know you just got to keep working yeah um that's one example mm-hmm. nothing comes fast you can't fast track it mm-hmm. just be glad that you're making strides in the right direction yeah nothing comes fast but a minute man <laughs> <laughs> You stupid. <laughs> oh, I know some girls listen like, girl, I didn't have that. I didn't have that. It's some girl that probably, it's some girl listening to this that probably loves her boyfriend, but he, he comes in fucking two minutes. Yeah. Girls, I, I know women hate that shit. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us men have probably done that a few times, but you gotta, I don't know. You just gotta get better, man. In- incremental growth. Incremental this time growth. you come in a minute. Next time, you know, just push it to like a minute and five seconds. Yeah, and I know it's hard, man. I know it gets hard. Yeah, you get in that thing and it's wet, and you're just like, oh no, no, no. And then you try to think of things till you don't come. You'd be like Little Caesars pizza. And <laughs> it doesn't work because Little Caesars is just not nasty enough for you to do. <laughs> gambit, gambit. gambit. Oh, no. <laughs> Channing Tatum. Channing oh Tatum. no. <laughs> oh man. They say people. They say men really be doing that tr- to try not to come. Yeah, they be thinking about all the wrong stuff. Yeah, they be hitting from the back like Nana, Nana. Oh my god! No, nah. <laughs> 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 nah, I'm fucking around. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, but uh, I used to think of like defensive packages. Like they don't know what that means. You need to elaborate. You need to put some context. So they're gonna a be defensive. Like, yeah, I'd be forgetting like y'all stupid. No. <laughs> But no, like de- like when I played football, we would have like defensive plays that we would we would have to run through, or like different different coverages. So you know, we it was only a few, like maybe uh, maybe three or four of them that we yeah. kind of jump in and out. And you think of, you don't think of the wrong play though. You think of the wrong play, it's gonna be over. Like tw- twenty nine bus, twenty nine bus, <laughs> twenty nine bus. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh dang! Do you, you think about the play like in your coach? But you're like, "Come on, guys! Come on, guys!" All you hear is, "Come, come!" <laughs> twenty nine bust on three. Twenty nine bust on three. You're like, "Oh no!" <laughs> that would be funny. Coaches got they coaches be having like some crazy like lingo. Some like uh, they'll say something like, uh, "Keith, pull your head out of your ass, or he's going to knock your dick in your dirt. <laughs> he's going to knock your dick in the dirt." <laughs> You'd be like, "What?" You'd be like, "What the heck?" Yeah, there's nothing worse than like a middle aged white man like cursing you out but trying to motivate you at the same time. Yeah. They'd be like, God damn it, you guys are a bunch of fucking slap dicks out here. <laughs> Get your head out of your fucking ass. Come on. Bruh, I used to not really care for getting yelled at, but like low key, I'd be missing that sometimes. Yeah, it's just like when you when you slacking, you just want to hear your old coach be like, You're just dicking around. Yeah. Get, get your shit together, man. Yeah. I remember um we were having some sort of meeting with um, all the like the cornerbacks or something or the defensive backs. And Mercy was like, I don't know, like sometimes I just like getting yelled at sometimes. Oh, and God. I was like, what the heck? But now, like, I kind of understand what he's saying. Like, just like it just feels like you're in the game. You know what I mean? Like, you're just going to 
I never care for <clears> getting throat> yelled throat> at. I didn't. I didn't like it. I just like to do. I like to execute. Yeah. And coach <clears throat> be like, "Good, all right, good job, McGee." Like, yeah. That, that's I like to, doing that. Like, I, yeah. I thrive off positive. Like, excuse me. <laughs> oh, I'm tired, huh? I thrive. Okay. <laughs> I thrive off positive reinforcement. Mm-hmm. Like, that motivates me. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody is different. I. Yeah. I just think like I don't think he meant he just like getting yelled at, but I just feel like he probably meant. Um, it just it just kind of fires him up, like it gets him in the game. It it, it makes him know he's like he's alive in it. Or something. Yeah. I don't know. God but, damn it! What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> get your head out of your ass! You keep blowing plays. Matter of fact, get on the sideline. <laughs> It'd be some other black dude they put in the game. Marquazio, 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 get your ass over here and get in the game. <laughs> Marquazio Jefferson, he got Marquazio always got a nasty number too, like. You know, most DVs, they got 22, 23, 21. Marquezio got like 49 or 48. <laughs> you like, oh, you, not, you terrible. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know you know what's crazy? Oh, fuck. I was thinking about, damn it. I just totally drew a blank. <laughs> I was thinking about some funny shit, too. Yeah. It'll come back to me. God damn it. Yeah. It happens a lot when you're in the when you're when you're when you're saying things and thinking things simultaneously, yeah. you tend to like. Like, I don't know. You tend to, like, forget shit. Yeah. And you also try to hold on to thoughts to, like, yeah. jump in at the right time. Exactly. And yeah. then, like, Keith might say something funny, and then it fucks me up. And mm-hmm. I'm like, damn. Yeah. I forgot. What the, what is the topic again? Uh, the topic is incremental growth. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, for me, it's the same thing. I think when I was younger, I was trying to play the short game. I always thought like whatever it was like you release one song like you going it's going to hop on it's going to get on SoundCloud and then it's going to get a million views like or a million listens within a week and then like we're going to be rich mm-hmm. or like you're going to sign a record deal at 12 years old and you're going to be in the next like Lil Romeo or Lil Bow Wow or whatever <clears throat> whatever fits whatever scenario but that's just not how it works yeah. and then the older I got the more I realized like it takes like there's obviously these people that are you know they get launched into stardom or yeah. success you know within a short period of time like a person like Justin Bieber can put three videos on YouTube and then next thing you know he's like singing baby baby you know what i mean but that's not the norm those are like anomalies but for the most part there are people that are you know just grinding it out uh on a daily basis guys like Russ guys like you know I wouldn't say even like a guy like Childish Gambino, he's like 35 now and he's only now being like the leading, mm-hmm. you know, role in a big budget movie. So <clears throat> I feel like once I got a little bit older, I started to realize that, you know, you look at the ages of certain people when they dropped the albums, like J. Cole was 26, Jay-Z was 26. Mm-hmm. I think Eminem might have been like 27 or something like that. So you know, you realize that these are the, that's the norm. Like it's just inter- incremental growth. You know, you're just honing your skills until the opportunity presents itself. And, um, we're just trying to say that there's nothing wrong with that. You know, yeah. there's nothing wrong with, even if it's, you know, a college athlete or whatever, you know, you take some time off of school, you go back, you go to a D2 school and, you know, work on your skills and, you know, get better every single day and anything can happen. Like I was just talking about Eric. He went to a D3 school. He's, you know, was the best guy on the court with a whole bunch of D1 athletes. And, you know, the girl, Erica Wheeler, she wasn't good enough. She got cut. 
And she kept getting better, kept getting better, kept getting better. And now she's the MVP of the All-Star game. So it's incremental growth, man. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Apply it to yourself, work, and just figure out. Well, not so much figure out. Just understand that growth is better than nothing. Yeah. But, you know, don't settle. Keep working, but don't beat yourself up if you're not where you want to be. Just keep striving for it. Yeah. Like, I mean, how can me or Keith ever expect to be, you know, this world-renowned podcast if we get to 70 episodes and say, we've done enough for right now. We could take like two weeks off, bro. Yeah. That's not how it works. Like, we're nobodies. You know, I I think we do okay at what we do, but we still have room to get better. Um, And how the fuck is anybody else supposed to care about what we're doing if they don't see the work we're putting in every week? Yeah. You know, people it's people will forget about you really fast, especially when you have not made it. Oh, if, yeah, for sure. If you're a person who has been established as a just this world renowned podcast and you go away for a month and you come back, oh, people are going to be waiting on that. Yeah, they're going to be like, oh, man. But if you're me and Keith and you leave everybody that listened to what you did, they already tuned out. Yeah, because they're listening to another podcast from someone else that's consistent. Yeah. You know, they fucking they said, all right, I like Keith and Eddie while they were doing it. But you know what? They took a week off. That's all I need. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, all I can hope at that at that point is that some of you would still would like to have sexual relations with me. <laughs> Besides that, you know. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's real. I think you you uh you create a rhythm. Right. You know, and whatever you do. Um and if you break that rhythm for any period of time, people will or will lose interest. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. True. Unless you're, like you said, unless you're, you know, extremely famous or something like that where people could look back on it. But outside of that, man, you got to stay consistent. That's that's the only way to get the incremental uh, incremental growth. You know? Yeah. That's why in sports you practice, you know, five days a week. That's why podcasts, we do them every single week. And, you know, some podcasts go, you know, uh, daily. Some podcasts go two times a week. So Yeah. But you see people doing podcasts multiple times a week. Just know that it's 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 like a passionate thing, and I'm sure they love it. Like I'm sure Joe Rogan loves what he does, but he gets paid to do what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, me and Keith both work regular jobs, and we still make time. And I work ten to fourteen hours a day. Yeah. So you know, when I come in here on this mic, you know, I'm not all the way up to snub all the time. Sometimes I'm a little tired. Sometimes, but I never said once that I didn't want to do the podcast ever. Like I never said, man, I don't feel like talking. Mm-hmm. And if I was tired, I just bucked up and still got it done and had a lot of fun while I did it, mm-hmm. you know, with a smile on my face, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, let's move forward. Um, switching gears. Switching gears. And, uh, uh, oh, men treating women like trophies. Um, mm-hmm. What a lot of women don't realize is, like, let's say, for example, Ladies, let's say you have a boyfriend that likes to dress you up in really skimpy clothes. Like he likes when you have your tits out. He likes when your ass is out. He likes when your body's all out all the time. He's not doing that because he's a secure man. A lot of women say, oh, I can wear what I want. And if he doesn't like it, it's because he's insecure. That's false. It's because when you do anything, you represent your everything you do when you're in a relationship or married you represent your wife or your husband or your girlfriend or your boyfriend, right? So you need to find someone that's okay with the shit that you're doing. Um, the What I see, though, is is women think that their man is secure because they can walk around with the tits and their ass out. That's not what it is. 
What it is is that your man is treating you like a trophy, and he loves when your tits and your ass and everything is out because he's showing he's basically his insecurities are screaming like, yeah, look what I got. Yeah, look at her. Look at I've had guys literally try to show me pictures of their wives half naked. I'm like, hey, dude, I don't want to see that. That's crazy. They're like, hey, my wife's pretty hot, huh? Look at this. I'm like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that, man. That's your wife. Yeah. I think it's because these guys are, like, so shocked about the girl they were able to get, I guess. Mm -hmm. Or I don't know what it is, but I guess it gets them off showing, you know, people, their wife or their girlfriend half naked. There's this dude. I will leave him nameless, but... This dude posts pictures of his girlfriend literally full frontal naked with their nipples out. They just barely cover like the middle of the of the nipple. Mm-hmm. I could never put my girlfriend out there like that. I could, you know, I'm not in a relationship, but if I was, I would not post any provocative looking fi- pictures of my girlfriend because she's my friend. Yeah, and that's a <clears throat> private photo. Yeah, you know, but that's just how some people are, and I think mm-hmm. that it's the it's the male ego. Um, to me, they say that, oh, a man that has a problem with how a woman dresses, that's the fragile male ego. When I, I disagree, I think there's just some men that just don't want their girlfriends being seen like a piece of fucking meat. Mm-hmm. Like if if my if my wife or my girlfriend is funny, smart, um, uh, educated, all these things, I want those qualities to be seen first instead of her fucking titties because men like it's just horrible. Like a man's primal instinct will kick in even if he sees your wife and she, he doesn't know that she's married. Mm-hmm. Are you going to assume a woman is married when the first thing you see is her titties out? Nope. Nope. You're going to be like, that's open season. Yeah. You know, I would never want my wife out there like that or my girlfriend. It's just too much. Yeah. I agree. I think um, it's, a, it's a little bit of both. I think it's a little bit of insecurity at times and then uh, a little bit of ego at times. Like yeah. I feel like that there's probably a lot of these people are insecure um they almost need confirmation that their wife is attractive yeah you know they may post their wife on on their social media and you know probably be more concerned about the likes than she is yeah which is crazy you know it's nothing wrong with posting your wife on your instagram or whatever not at all in that capacity where it's extremely sexualized and you know, she's in a bikini or whatever. Like, I don't know. That's too I think, much. It, yeah, you know, you should keep those things private. And then the ego is like, you know, hey, look at me. Like, I have a hot wife, and you know what I mean. It, that I, I think those that ego and this insecurity. There's like this fine line between it where um, these guys are bragging in a sense, but they're also like crying out for help. Yeah, like, hey, I need. You know, I need help. I need confirmation that I actually did a good job. Right. I need confirmation that um, I'll be okay. Because maybe my wife is actually out of my league. And because I have a good job and because I make a lot of money, she's still around. But possibly at the same yeah. time. Because yeah. you be seeing, like, you be seeing, like, even, you know, NBA players, they'll post their girl or, you know, they have their girl all on social media or they may be at a beach or something. Booty she got a boot, grabbing her booty in the picture and all kind of stuff uh-uh. like that. But, you got to realize a lot of these girls will not be with a lot of these no. dudes if they were not in the NBA. True. If there was some Joe Schmo at Bakersfield College. like Nobody would give a fuck. Yeah. I just don't believe in... I don't believe... My thing is, is I don't have a problem with, with a public display of affection. 
But I don't believe in grabbing my woman's ass in public and slapping her ass in public and mm-hmm. trying to grab between her legs. And no, yeah, no, mm-hmm. especially I, like that happens a lot when a guy walks by another guy. Right. Yeah. It's an insecurity. Mm-hmm. I, and I don't know if women notice this or not, but I'll be at the gym and it'll be like a couple walk by like a dude and his girlfriend. The girlfriend will be pretty voluptuous looking like big hips or a big booty or she's pretty, whatever the case. And I'll kind of like glance over, but I won't disrespect the dude because I know that's probably his girl. So I keep walking. And like as you walk by, he'll like grab her hand or like just start kissing her or grab her booty or something. It's like, yeah. dude, I'm not after your girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It speaks volumes to the insecurity of these guys. Mm-hmm. And another thing, too, folks, don't fellas, don't ever show another man photos of your woman in a in a provocative way and disrespect her like that. Yeah. Like unless you want me to fuck your wife, don't you ever send me that shit. Yeah. If you say, hey, man, like, do you want to fuck my wife? I'm like, shit, what's she look like, man? <laughs> no, <Nah>, I'm playing. <laughs> yeah. Some people, some people are into that type of shit. Yeah, for they, sure. They be like trying to like watch or something. Yeah. I've heard um, stories of that. Like, I haven't experienced it, but I've heard stories. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. K-Fings, I want you to come over. My husband wants to watch us. Yeah. I've seen, I've, <laughs> I've uh, ran into girls that are in like open relationships so, mm-hmm. to where like the only thing that they have to do is just be honest with who they're who they're talking to yeah and everything is like i'll be like dang i don't and then they have whole families like kids at home yeah. husband i'll be like what the heck oh my god that's crazy yeah yeah and some of the and it's some open relationships are so crazy where like they'll be challenged like i need to go out i need to hook up with somebody and the chick will just go to the club like she's single, yeah, and take you her wedding ring know. off. Yeah, you would never know. Oh my god! And then you look on her Facebook, and it's like happy loving family, happy loving family. But she's getting smashed. Yeah, yeah, man, this shit happens, man. This is some people. I don't. If you're doing that, I don't think you should be married. Uh huh. Huh? Yeah, it feels like psych- psychologically you're like running away from something. Yeah, you are. Cause I, I mean, if you if you fucking if I got a wife and she's down for me, she's cool. I ain't cheating on no. Yeah. Nah, I wouldn't jeopardize. I don't think that. like I don't think we're built to be to spread our, ourselves out like that. Nah. I think we're built to have like a a more family dynamic. Yeah, I think I am personally. I do a lot of work and, and I just meant like humans in general. Oh, humans but in yeah. general. But yeah. Okay, Keith. All right. Yeah. Because <laughs> you, you think about like just animals, like dogs they you know just the family dynamics of most most animal kingdoms um they're they're kind of set up like that yeah yeah now I mean, obviously there's there's some hoes out there in the animal kingdom like they'd be like woof woof give me that pussy dogs be getting it in bro yeah. They got no that no hoes bar dogs don't give a fuck they'll fuck anything even yeah. the air they be humping the air your leg You'd be like, damn. Dogs, man, dogs are the most unapologetically horny motherfuckers ever. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, you ain't give me no pussy? Give me the air. You give know what air. bothers me? We are we first we talked about like the well, I shared that uh that meme or whatever with the uh with the white girls kissing their dogs or whatever. Oh yeah. I <laughs> I also hate when I see people getting their leg humped and then they just laugh. Like, uh-huh. oh my gosh, stop, buddy, stop. And they just Buddy just stroking the heck out of that leg. <laughs> I was like, "Hey man, get the fuck off!" Of 
Yeah, I don't. I, that's not funny. People laugh, but it's like, look, I don't know. I love dogs. Yeah. I, I love dogs. Don't get me wrong. But there's certain things I'm not letting my dog do. Dog mm-hmm. is not going to be humping anything in any capacity. Yeah. I'll just tell her, I'll hit somebody up with another dog. I'll be like, hey, look, man, my dog need to bust a nut. He is acting mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Get this dog out of here and get him some pussy, man. Yeah. This dog, get get him some dog pussy. Girls do think that's funny, though. What? The dog humping? Just the dog being horny all the time. Like, yeah, get that it, man some help. Cut yeah. the cut his stuff off or get him some little, you know what I'm saying? I just look. I I take the leash off the dog. I be like, look, man, just just come back. Yeah, come back when you're ready. <laughs> yeah, just use just get use some protection, man. They should have just the 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 social dynamics of dogs is like it's really entertaining. Yeah, because dogs, I want to compare them to humans, but like I think that they call men dogs for a reason. Yeah, we're a little... so just the fact that you know a dog could just. Have a whole nother family yeah. out in the middle of nowhere that they don't even know about, and then they could just be at home chilling yeah, with you. There's more than one reason why women call us dogs because you know we're cute, we're fluffy, yeah, know? and we're loyal. Yeah, you know, black men don't cheat. We like it doggy stuff. No, no, <laughs> we don't. <laughs> <laughs> like giving it though. <laughs> yeah. Funny. All right, man. Switching gears. Uh, some people don't respect you unless they fear you. Have you ever noticed that, um, you know, when you're going out through the, throughout the world and you're respecting people and, you know, you're being kind and you're laughing, you're being cool and you, you still get people that test you. You still get people that, that come at you sideways for no reason. Mm-hmm. And that's because you're not an asshole. A lot of times when you're an asshole or you're just a no good motherfucker, people will respect you because they fear you. Mm-hmm. But if you're a person who is soft-spoken, easygoing, people will disrespect you specifically based off the fact that they don't fear you. Yeah, I've had this happen to me many times, and then I had to set the record straight. I'm like, look, man, uh, with all, and I pull people to the side. Like, I've had situations where grown men disrespected me in front of people. And I said, okay, I'm not going to react because I'm not going to let another man get my temperature up. I'm going to wait till people leave. I'm going to pull him to the side. I'm like, hey, what you did today don't ever let that happen again like that is your last time don't Mm -hmm. you ever talk to me like that again Mm -hmm. you know and they'll be like oh well i I didn't mean it man like you know and i'm like look i i get it i get it but don't play with me like that don't ever do that shit again and then from that point forward now they respect you because they thought you was gonna fuck them up yeah so it takes for me to have to threaten your ass for you to respect me yeah. That's not cool, man. I, I respect everyone, regardless. Black, white, man, woman, doesn't matter. Midget or little person, excuse me. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. So you were changing. Yeah. See, little person, uh, uh, gay person, or uh, uh, whatever. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I respect everyone based off the fact that that's how I want to be. I want to be perceived. Yeah. Um. And I don't need anyone to fear me. I, I'd rather have the respect than fear. Some people say, like, I need, I like when people fear me. And it's like, that's weak. Yeah. Like, I don't need anybody to fear me because they're not being genuine. I want you to respect me and see what kind of heart I have as a man and b- treat me based off that and treat me based off my intentions. Yeah. You know, don't be like, oh, man, yeah, this dude said he was going to kill me, man. So I got to be cool with him. Like, it shouldn't take that. Yeah. I think uh, that happens a lot, especially in, in, in our culture and black culture. We feel like um, 
the toughest guys are the gangbangers or the yeah. toughest guys are like the loud people in the room or right. the rah-rah guys. Well, that's not really the case. No. Um, you can't really define toughness or define uh, courage or a man by how loud a person talks or anything like that. Like it's, right. it's more of a an internal thing. And um, that's the thing that, that gets annoying, you know what I mean? Because right. you, you start to get certain labels associated with people that don't have these uh, hyper-masculine characteristics. Right. I think it should be the total opposite, where someone that's comfortable in their skin, they're not the loudest person in the room, they can live life without uh, being at the fore, at the center of attention or being the loudest person in the room. Um that should let you know that they're more comfortable with themselves than anything versus like um, these, these loud people. Cause you know, for me, like you, you, you're able to see through all that. So you, you're not really respecting someone that's loud for the sake of being loud right. or like, you know, this rah, rah, bang, bang, shoot them up type stuff. Like, cause most of these, a lot of people aren't really built like that. No. Like we know, and especially too, like, you see the character arcs in these human beings. Yeah. These kids that you went to elementary school with and they got beat up every day. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like now there's some sort of like figure in the, in the hood or, yeah, you know what I mean? On, you man. see them on the news for, you know, whatever murder or whatever, like that doesn't make you tough. That doesn't, you know, you don't get yeah. any sort of respect from, at least for me, or no. like from the world for for doing these things because it's easy to to be that guy. It's Definitely. actually extremely easy to pull the trigger. Oh yeah, like physically easy to yeah. do it. A so baby, a baby could do that. Yeah, so it's in it's, it's easy emotionally to do it too. Yeah. I mean, facing the consequences is difficult, but actually doing the doing the act is 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 pretty easy. Yeah. So that's that's that that's just my take on it. Like you know what I mean? Like it's it's one of those things where the insecurities start to show. If you're more comfortable with yourself, you can see through all of that. Oh, yeah. There's guys that I've grown up with that, you know, went to the streets and was game banging and, and end up doing prison time and stuff. And they see me, hey, what's up, man? How you doing, man? Hey, what's up? Mm-hmm. And they'll respect a guy like me, not because I'm trying to be a tough guy or I'm trying to be a thug or I'm trying to be anything. I'm just a working guy with a podcast, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm trying to do this comedy thing on the side. Uh, but <laughs> Comedy is my side chick. Yeah. And the thing about it is, is I get respect from people that's really in the streets. And I don't have to be like them to get that respect. Yeah. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it, it's it's one of those things. I think um, I think Charles Gambino was talking about it in an interview. And uh, he was just talking about being the idea of being real. Right, and it's not being real isn't necessarily like being a gangster or being the hardest person in the room. Being real is just being honest. Yeah, and if you're honest with yourself, like you're gonna be able to get respect around the world. True. So that's the idea. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. I I'd, I'd rather be respected than feared because there's no power in being feared. Yeah, you know, you look at any any major um, anybody who has been feared. Ultimately, it's because they have these childish uh impulses yeah you know yeah and, you know i know you guys are thinking of yeah i'm we all know who we're talking about uh but uh, <laughs> <laughs> being being feared is also um relative right mm. there's there's people that used to fear mike tyson and then there was one person that 
wasn't afraid of him, and he mm-hmm. beat him up. Yeah, <laughs> but he got his ear bit off too. I meant uh, Buster Douglas. Oh, Buster. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! I thought you were talking about Evander Holyfield. Yeah. I mean, after that, after Buster Douglas, more and more people beat him up. But. Man, that's crazy. Mike Tyson bit that shit off. Oh yeah. god, that must have been so painful. Yeah. Crazy. I'm tired of this shit. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope Mike doesn't hear that. <laughs> You're the guy that was making fun of the way I talk, huh? <laughs> like, yeah, I did, man. But I think you're awesome. Yeah. Hey, come over here real quick, man. <laughs> <laughs> I would not trust Mike. If Mike told me to come here, I'd be like, look, Mike, look, I'm not going over there, man. I wonder, yeah. He, he said he hadn't been in a fight in a long time. Mike Tyson will knock out the average person walking around. Oh, yeah, you could get a sure. I think you can this is God honest truth. I think you could get a dude that's boxing every day, training every day, that's like an amateur fighter. It's probably one of the best fighters in this city. And he pissed off Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson lay his fucking ass out in thirty seconds. Yeah. It's just man, they he's showed heavy handed. Huh? Said he's heavy handed. Super heavy. They showed like a video of him recently. He was like at some movie uh thing and he was talking to somebody about like throwing punches. He was like teaching some a karate guy that throw punches in some movie mm-hmm. and he was throwing the punches so fast that everybody's like what the fuck yeah and then he said he don't train no more yeah it's crazy man he said it would uh um psychologically i think it would it would take him to a dark place yeah i think he has he has a podcast yeah out of all people i would have never expect mike to have a podcast that's how powerful podcasts are yeah you got everybody hopping on them. Me and Keith are like, I don't say we're veterans, but we we could we're damn near veterans. We've been doing it'll be over be a bit about about a year and a half soon. Yeah. So we've been doing this shit a while, man. Uh-huh. I want to make it a, over two years with no episodes missed. Yeah. Because then the, the 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 type of the man the type of uh, listeners we'll have then. Mm-hmm. That's some fucking diehards, dude. Yeah. We man. got some we got some diehards, man. Yeah. I've I've talked to some of you guys and you're like, oh, I listen to every episode. I'm like, how did you do it? Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> a lot you of- see the num- uh, you see the num- there's they have we have a list on our SoundCloud. We only mm-hmm. have 70 episodes. This would be number 70, mm-hmm. but somehow people have I don't know how they calculated or how the yeah. statistics works, but somehow people are like 170 like 170 listens and stuff like that. This is crazy. Yeah, I don't know if they like listen to things twice or maybe they pause it and they come back another day or whatever. I don't know. But, but yeah, they just, uh, the numbers is pretty cool, man. You, we also have to take into consideration this is the podcast. This is, not, we're not making music. We're not, if it was a song and you, and you, some, I'm not going to say any names, but, or anybody in general, but there are some people that actually make music and their numbers, and not, not like we're tripping off numbers like that, but they're not really like comparable. Mm-hmm. Because it's I don't know I guess probably because we've been doing it longer or I don't yeah. know what it is yeah. or people expect new content mm-hmm. but I don't know man we just appreciate you guys tuning in every week man it means yeah. a lot I want to know what some of the other podcasts in town are doing like what their numbers look like I have no idea I haven't been able to well we we only know I only know the link to maybe one or two other ones yeah and um, some of them one of them is like extremely inconsistent so. It's hard to say what they're actually doing. And then the other one is just starting up. So, but they're more, I think they're more of, uh, they're more uh, popular figures and more notoriety in town. Yeah. So um, I'm curious to see how theirs 
plays out or if yeah. people start to listen to it or if people actually care. I'm curious to see. Yeah, I hope so, man. Because mm-hmm. I, I think that's great. If you got multiple good podcasts in town, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully you get if we know. if one of us win, I, th- I feel like we all win. We all win. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. All right, Keith, you got anything else, man? Uh, that's about it. I mean, uh, next Thursday, me and the finesse guys will probably be going up uh, at the rocket shop again. So if you guys are out there and you want to see some some uh, amateur comedy, I guess you can say yes. um, stand up comedy, open mic night, we'll be there telling jokes, making people laugh. Open mic it's, night, rocket shop cafe. It's starting to get really weird, mm-hmm. like like because. I feel like me, DJ, and Chris, um, we're like, we're good at, you know, making people laugh. Yeah. But it's starting to get, like, it was it was really weird when we went in there this past Thursday because there was like, I was like number 10 on the list. Yeah. And there was a couple people that went before me that were, that were getting laugh, but laughs. But overall, it was a pretty, like, reserved audience. Right, right, right. And it right. felt like, dang, like, this is going to be a tough night. Yeah. And then, like, once we go up there and we're making people laugh, and I'm like, dang, like, I don't know if that means that we're doing really well or, like, I don't know. You know what I mean? I was just, I was just I thinking about it. I think it's a little bit of a racial thing because when you're black, people already make assumption you're supposed to be funny. It's like, yeah. oh, oh, black guy, let's get ready to laugh. Yeah, maybe. Who, maybe. You never know, yeah. man. Yeah. You never know. You know you, hey, you never know, man. Was most of the crowd white? Is it a mixed crowd or what? Uh, yeah, it was like some. It was obviously we're we're in the minority everywhere, so yeah. it was probably a microcosm of America. <laughs> some Mexicans in there, some black people. Because hey, imagine this: if you if you're sitting there and you're having laughed, and you see a fat black guy go up on stage, you're like, "Oh yeah, this shit about to be funny." I yeah, I guess it's like sports. Like you're gonna pick the black guy. Yeah, black yeah. Guy. Then you'll see a fat black guy go up on stage and be like, "Oh yeah, it's gonna be funny." <laughs> he, he's gonna talk about fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> he is, but definitely. it's like even the even the guys that are like, I was because um, there's some like veterans of the rocket shop that go up there literally every week. Um, they re- they're like they're as consistent as us with the podcast like they up there religiously yeah and um they were like not bombing i don't think anyone's there like really bombs but they weren't getting the laughs and i was like dang like it's, it's just crazy like you would think that they they would be more relatable if you're of of that culture like you know what i mean but who, who knows who knows yeah man so Daddy, he, you got to get back up there man i know dude i'm always at work dude yeah yeah i'm gonna have to figure i'm gonna just keep going the, to the Saturday shows, it's like uh, open mics are good for like working out as a comic, you know, getting yeah. your jokes up. So when you do actually do a show, yeah, you know, you're way more seasoned. But I'm gonna have to figure this shit out. Do you uh, have you seen that movie, The King of Comedy? No, it has. Uh, I think it's Robert De Niro in it and some other comedian. Um, it's a really good movie. It came out in the. It might have been like the early 80s late 70s or something like that is directed by martin scorsese and this is a movie about this guy who like he's uh there's this like jimmy kimmel jay leno kind of character he he kind of hosts a night show and then there's the robert de niro character who uh who's like his biggest fan and he wants to be like pretty much exactly like him 
So he spends a whole movie basically trying to get a meeting with him after um, basically exchanging informations after one of his shows. So he spends the whole thing and basically goes through the whole thing and then he holds the the host of the late night show for ransom and then he does this like five minute bit and then he goes to prison. Um, it's just a really interesting movie. Um, I don't even know I brought that up, but like it's just a movie like that's worth watching. Hmm. Well, uh, okay, Keith. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Check that out, man, and be sure to check out Keith and uh, the Finesse Guys at the Rocket Shop Cafe on Thursday at, what, like 7.30 p.m.? It's at 7. At 7 p.m., so you want to go there and have a few beers and laugh at some black guys, go ahead and go to Rocket Shop Cafe. Mm -hmm. A bunch of nigga jokes. Yeah, a lot of black jokes. Mm -hmm. All the female uh, comedians usually tell a lot of dick jokes, too. (laughs) They're like the king of dick jokes. I don't know. Hot, why? But yeah. not the rocket shop girls. Not the oh yeah, not yeah, the, not yeah. those girls. Not the cocket shop. All right, yeah. um, that's it, man. Episode seventy. Thank you for all those. There who, was once before you close it out. Right. It just reminded me. There was one girl. She's like this. She's kind of like that. Like yeah, kind of sexual comedy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, when me, DJ, and Chris go, we kind of it's so many. It's probably like twenty comedians that go up. So we kind of start to get tired, and we just ended up leaving after we all go up. And we were walking out, and then this girl, she looks pretty good, actually. Yeah. She has to be, like, mid-30s or late or to early 30s. Mm-hmm. And we're walking out, and she's like, oh, my gosh, you guys are leaving? Because we tend to become the butt of everyone's jokes just because we're the only black people in the audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she was like, oh, my gosh, you guys are leaving? She was like, I have some really good black jokes. <laughs> So if you don't get your dumb ass hands off, <laughs> <laughs> oh dang! I'm not here for your amusement. I'm leaving. Oh dang! Yeah, but that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh dang! She's like, I have a joke where I was gonna like totally blow you after we leave. <laughs> like I would have stayed for that joke. <laughs> yeah. All right. If you made it to the end of episode seventy, we appreciate you. Uh, thank you for tuning in to Trucker's Mind, Episode 70. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K. Finks. We're out of here. Peace.